If you know how it is, then you know how it might be. But think what it would look like if you grow your own community. It ain't easy. That's why you're listening to hear experiences from others just like you and me. Welcome to the B2B Community Builder Podcast, a show that was started because if you can unlock the power of having a community around your business, then you will create a source of referrals, validation, marketing content, and product feedback that will be unbeatable. But who has time to think about building a community when you need to be making sure that your team has what it needs to succeed in serving clients and bringing in revenue? That is why we'll be talking to business leaders like you and I that have cracked the code on why the community play is so valuable, how to implement tactics that got them there while still serving short-term goals, and what they can teach you that they have mastered. This show is for you if you are a CEO, CMO, or simply a rainmaker that has realized that without a community, you are just a commodity, but haven't figured out how to add it to your infinite list of priorities. This show is for you if you are a community professional or trying to be a community professional that is trying to convince leadership about the need to invest in a community strategy. This show is not for you if you think transactions are more valuable than relationships. I am your host and chief executive connector, Pablo Gonzalez, co-founder of BeTheStage.Live, a marketing company that specializes in relationship-driven growth. I invented the relationship flywheel and hopefully... I'm your new best friend. So smash that subscribe button, leave a rating when you do, and get ready to plug into the power of community creation for business development. Let's go. Welcome to episode 204 of the B2B Community Builder Show. I'm your host and chief executive connector, Pablo Gonzalez, and I'm happy to have you here today because your my mistake is your game. We just recently wrapped up teaching the Relationship Flywheel Bootcamp, again, which is us sharing our way to develop an internet talk show as a revenue stream, as a community builder. And the last lesson is the nine innovative ways that we use to monetize this thing. And I'm not gonna lie, I was pretty proud when I finished it because it's the best I've delivered it. When we first started this, we only had five ways and it's continued to go up and up and up and up because we find ways to squeeze the juice out of this thing. And I'm really excited to share this right now. As a keynote, you get the sneak peek into it. So no guest today, it's just me. I want you asking questions. I want you interacting. Let me know what you, if you have any clarifications on this thing. I really want to welcome you. If you are here right now, I see a couple familiar names in the chat. I got my buddy Gareth Bavale, the drone expert and British pirate, I guess you would call him. He's hanging out. Lori Goldman, the super connector of the community. We got Venya, the community scientist of the community. We got Lee Bishop, the troublemaker who's the MVP of the Natural Average Investor Show community. Sylvia, I see you in the audience. Hillary, I see you in the audience. Let me know if you want me talking to you. Just chat me up here in the chat. If you got any Q&A, drop it in. But basically, we're going to get this thing rolling right now. And this all comes from all of this methodology, everything that I am executing these days from my company to my clients to this entire content philosophy stems back to right around 2010. 
when I have moved back to Miami from being in California, I started a green building consulting company. And when I moved back to Miami, I thought to myself, I'm going to treat Miami the way I treated Southern California. Since I was from there and I left, by the time I left, I was over it. But when I came back, I wanted to see it with curious eyes. So I wanted to open myself up to new experiences. And one of these new experiences, as I started this green building consulting company, was that I got an email from my best friend, Eric Gilbert, shout out. And he sent me this email from Habitat for Humanity. And Habitat, which is an amazing nonprofit, if you haven't heard of it, was looking to start a young professionals group because the millennial demographic that was starting to age up, right? I'm 42, so I'm like the oldest millennial or the youngest Gen Xer. And at the time, I was 30. So as the millennials were aging up, they were not involved in nonprofits, and they wanted to start an initiative to get them involved and kind of create a feeder system to the board later on and raise some awareness inside inside of that community and get some free labor out of it, some volunteering and whatnot. So we started this young professionals group. We all met up inside. Pratiti, good to see you. We all met up inside my friend Sharon Joseph's apartment, who, by the way, is the guest of the next show. And about 25 of us showed up, 10 of us stuck around. And six months later, we had this board and we had this whole organization. That's less important. What's really important is that this thing really flourished. In a time when Habitat all around the United States was trying to do this initiative, we had unlocked something that had Habitat International and Habitat North America asking us what was working. And what was working for us is that we established this formula to attract young professionals. And what it was, was you know, we'd be out, we'd have these events. And there was two things that we would say. We'd say, one, you know, if you're in Miami, it's a flaky city. And in these circles, you're going to meet people that are going to tell you they're going to do something and they're going to do it. When you come to this young professional philanthropic side of things, you're going to meet people that are slightly higher caliber, right? Like they care at least a little bit about something other than themselves. And also our meetings that we held, what we started doing was there was the big board and there was the little board right? The big board was the board of the charity. And very quickly, when you get involved in charities, you realize that the most influential people in town are on the boards of charities. And as a young professional, what we wanted to do was connect with those people. So what we cut a deal with Habitat for was that the president would get to sit on the big board. And when we'd host a meeting, we would host a meeting in the boardroom of one of the people on the board They would show up, they'd give us 20 minutes of their time and tell us about their career, how they got to where they were. We'd ask them some questions and then we'd plan our happy hour, our volunteer event, our networker, whatever we were doing. That became the key to really attract people, right? Because now what was happening was we were having a conversation with somebody about something that we all wanted to find out about, right? How to get ahead in our careers, with a person that we all wanted to meet, an influential member of society that could be a future boss of ours. And after that, we could ask anything we wanted, right? We could ask people for their efforts and whatever else we needed. And that was the model that we ended up copying across multiple other young professional groups, right? Like in Miami, this blew up. The United Way had one of these. I started one of these for Lighthouse for the Blind. We ended up starting, like I I personally ended up spearheading four of these young professional groups and copying this model. And what ended up happening was, these people that were hosting us in boardrooms started getting into my network. Once I realized that that was working, then we started hosting events with these people, right? Like then we started looking at who's influential in Miami. How can we host a panel event where we bring in this influential business leader paired up with somebody from one of the, one of the charities 
nonprofit boards and have this dialogue about what's happening, invite the young professionals of Miami. And all the while I was at the center of this thing. I was the one connecting these dots or whoever was sitting at chair or president of the organization was connecting these dots and connecting with these folks. And soon I realized I can do this for business. I can start leveraging these connections that I have to introduce them to people that I want to get in front of for business, host an event, invite that same young professional group, and we were getting in the door. And what that taught me was that you don't need a big audience in order to get access to the people that you want, right? I call that the big audience lie. This idea that most people trying to start a podcast or a YouTube channel or a newsletter or some kind of blog, whatever it is, all they worry about is, oh man, I just got to have so many followers in order for this thing to be profitable for us. But what I realized was that all you need is eight to 10 people to open the doors that you want to open. And that led to me landing as a top 20 under 40 in Brickle Magazine. It led to me landing $60 million projects. And it led to me chasing this path of this idea that a small group of people in front of somebody that want to talk to somebody about something that we all care about and make a ritual out of it is a driver for community. And that's what we teach in our Relationship Flywheel Bootcamp, right? That is what we have developed as a content strategy in order to drive revenue, build community, and all the other good things that come out of the Relationship Flywheel. So that's the basis of all of this stuff. And that's where it originates from. And at the center of it is the idea that if you can have some kind of platform, some kind of interview platform, right? This thing that we talked about, If you can talk about something interesting to the people that you want to serve with somebody that they want to meet, you now have this basis of creating content. Our go-to is this live internet talk show version, but guess what? This can be a blog, right? Like you can just be interviewing people for a blog and now you're talking to people in front of them. You can be, you can do this for Facebook lives, Instagram lives whatever you want to do it for. And it it can be an offline podcast, whatever you want to do it for. At the core of this thing is having conversations about a topic that the people you want to serve care about with people that they want to meet. Then you need to add a live version of it. We're We're going to talk about why that is. But once you have this thing, once you have this platform where, you know, if somebody was to ask, oh my God, is this person just like trying to like, scammy or get a meeting or something like that. They just need to be looking to it and realize that, no, no, you are somebody that is doing this. This is not the only time you've ever done this. This is not a cheap trick. And then that means that you get these meetings. And then what you can do, once you get that going, what you can do is create some kind of live version of this. It doesn't have to be every week. It can be every other week. It could be once a month. It can be once a quarter. But even if you have a blog where you're interviewing, let's say I am, let's say I'm Gareth Beverly. And I have a drone company, right? They're, they are technology implementation experts for project managers inside of the infrastructure construction kind of industries specializing in drone implementation, right? If I am steadily having a blog where I'm interviewing some of the foremost thought leaders in this space, then everybody that's following this blog and everybody that's in my network, I can shoot an email out to them saying, hey, I'm going to host this one live conversation with this one 
big fish in this world or the senior project manager for the most admired construction company out there. I'm going to have a fireside chat. I'm going to have a webinar. Like I'm going to have some kind of show with them that you can invite people to, right? And I say show over webinar because nobody wants to go to a webinar. People do like going to shows, right? So that's it can be that simple or you can do it every week like I do it, right? Then the next part is you just got to have an efficient repurposing process. Us, we've created a process with this one software called Descript that we also teach about on the Relationship Flywheel Bootcamp that allows you to take a one-hour piece of content and turn it into 10, 15 things really efficiently with our processes. There's many ways to skin this cat. That's not what I'm teaching right now, but I don't know. There's a handful of you that have been in the Relationship Flywheel Bootcamp. Go ahead and put in the chat on how powerful it was to learn Descript. It's awesome, right? But really all you need is this one ongoing platform where you're interviewing people, a periodic live talk show version, right? And then an efficient repurposing process. Because once you do that, now you open these high level concepts, right? Before we go into the nine different things that we do in order to actually turn this into revenue, I want to go over these nine basically concepts. One is going from noise to signal, right? I don't know about you, but I've been trying to work on my messaging for my website when I'm working on this thing in a vacuum and I'm trying to figure out what's good. It's really hard to understand what it is that my clients really want if I don't have them in front of me, if I'm not getting any kind of like specific feedback on whether they like it or not. When you start a content stream, let's say a podcast, and you don't have this like live version of the show, you're going to be publishing podcasts for a really, really long time, hoping to see like a small incremental tick up and tick up and tick up of the download numbers. Now you can shorten that feedback cycle by having a live version, right? For me, I explain this in a very simple fashion. When I want to do business with someone, I am thinking, what kind of show can I create to see if the person that I am trying to do business with shows up? And normally in my pipeline, we're a small company. There's only about like five to 10 names at any moment that are in my pipeline that I believe that my product is a really good fit. I believe that they're ready for it. And I'm in active conversations with them that may have been an email a couple of months ago or not, and they might not be ready to go, but I want to know if if they're paying attention to what I'm doing. If I host a live show and one of those names shows up in my attendee list, guess what? I think that I'm doing something right. That is giving me the signal that I need that I'm talking about something interesting to the person that I want to serve, right? That is really valuable feedback. That happens on these shows for me quite often, right? So that means that I'm doing a good job. Today, there's two people in this audience that I think are ready for one of these live shows, and I'm really, really happy that you're here. So thank you. You are the the case study of why this thing works. Second is content darts, right? So like now it's not noise to signal. Now it's, hey, I know that I'm trying to keep this person's attention, and it's kind of a pain in the butt to have to just email somebody Hey, just following up, see how you're doing, right? Much better to just follow up with value, right? Like I like to, when I'm following up with people in my pipeline, I like to like send them an article of something that's interesting to them. I like to send them stuff that's valuable to them. So when they open the email, there's not just like Pablo at the top of your inbox, just making sure that we're still talking, but it's something of value. And if you are producing these pieces of content, whether they show up or not, you can easily 
take the recorded thing and send it to them and be like, hey, I just made this thing. What do you think of this? Right? Like, see if they open that. Or you can repurpose a two-minute segment of one of these things and send it to that person. Like, hey, you know, like thinking about you when we had this conversation, because I think it applies to you, right? These are ways to nurture people. And there's more advanced ways of doing that. We're going to get into that. Third is table setting. If you have this show, right? Like this thing that you do, one of the things that I always do, many of you have booked a call on my Calendly. And in my Calendly link, there's one part that says, hey, have you listened to my 15-minute origin story, rap storytelling thing about the things that I believe in? And it's just like, piece of content that I'm super proud of that I talk about how my brother's death has inspired my like belief in community. And that's caused me to like form this company and all this stuff that I'm doing and I wrap it and it's kind of goofy and it's kind of weird. But I know that when people take a meeting with me, if they listen to that before the meeting, I know that they're walking in there thinking completely differently about me than if they were to just walk into a meeting of just like, oh, we got introduced and now I'm just showing up to this call, right? Conversely, I also, I don't know if conversely is the right word, but I also use it as when somebody introduces me, for example, Lori, who is the connector, the super connector of all things. Whenever somebody's being introduced to me and she sends me something, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to meet you. Do you have a piece of content that you've been on recently that I can listen to so I can get to know you? Oh, by the way, here's mine, right? It's just a way to warm it up so that the first time you meet with somebody, it's not the first time you meet with somebody because they've just spent 15 minutes or an hour listening to you already. They show up semi-cooked, right? Like that concept of creating this like table setting material before somebody gets to know you, that's another big, big concept. And then fourth is the content magnet, right? If you can host some kind of thing around content that you get people to show up to, right? Like just a big beacon out there. There's a couple different ways of doing this. One of them is if you have a podcast or you have an internet talk show, we teach the onboarding call on the Relationship Flywheel Bootcamp. Right. And that is the prepping somebody to come on the show live. I know that there's a handful of of you that have been on my show here. You've been through this thing. If you use those conversations to ask the same question every time or the same set of questions every time, you're able to build this like library of content that becomes this like compounding ball of data that can be really useful to you as far as market research goes or to create a lead magnet right? The first hundred episodes of my podcast, when it was called the Chief Executive Connector Show, I would ask everybody at the end, where do you find community? And guess what? I now have over a hundred soundbites of what people consider community and a solid, it was during COVID. So a solid third to have are people saying, oh, internet chat rooms, oh, on this like Facebook group, right? It is hard data that people find community online and it's valuable to them. And when you're out here selling community, that type of stuff is really powerful, right? I can I can go to a client and say, look at all these people saying that they find community in this type of chat or in this or that, right? Like that is a compounding asset of data. That's a content magnet. That can live by itself of like, download the 15 places that people find community the most, or I can use this in any way, right? I can attract people through that content. So those are the four concepts. Now we're going to get into the actual methodologies, right? Like the actual things that generate revenue in nine different ways from hosting your own show. Number one, client as a guest. This one you've probably heard of. If anybody's ever pitched you a podcast or you've really seriously looked into having a podcast, but it's the idea that if you want to do business with someone, you want to get in the door with them, 
so many more people are going to say yes to an invitation to come on a show than they are to take your cold call or open your email or open your letter or agree to a virtual coffee, right? Like if you need to open the door with someone, the ultimate thing to do is to offer them a stage, right? So my good friend, Amanda Holmes, author of The Ultimate Sales Machine, they talk about the Dream 100. If you have a Dream 100, right? A hundred list of your top prospects and you need to get in the door with them, the best thing that you can do is create a show about the lives of those hundred people, their types of lives, and reach out to them and say, hey, I'm doing this show. I would love to have you on as a guest. Boom. Instant relationship with 85 of them, right? Now, while that is common advice, we take it a step further, right? We've talked about the fact that ever since I adopted this methodology, we've generated over two, we generated over 200K in revenue in the first six months of doing it. One of the things that we did was one one of my one of the clients that we landed earlier this year, I had a multi-part series with them. Right. It doesn't, you know, like you don't even have to, it doesn't have to just be like, come just be a guest. For this, they're a trade show booth production company and a brand activation company. I am somebody that likes to talk about networking. I said, Matt, why don't we have a two-part series on my show and do a collaboration between you and I? I'm going to have you on and I'm going to interview you about the best ways to approach your trade shows and what is great for booths. And then on the second one, you're going to interview me about ways to network at a trade show, right? And we did a two-part event three weeks apart from each other. And what happened was during those two events, right? I had established a relationship with him already. I knew that we were of the same mind. I knew that he was interested in a platform like this, but I was able to let him live it, right? I was able to let him experience what it would feel like he was there answering to some of his audience because we send out emails to his audience, which has now overlapped with my audience and my own audience. And he was able to feel like what it would feel answering questions from people that showed up to watch him. And he got to experience it more than once, right? So this idea of client as a guest, I think is very undervalued in that most people just think, well, it's like an ABM play. I'm just going to try to get somebody on my show and then I'm going to try to sell them. You're not going to get to a sales conversation if, oh, my my box is covering it. You're not going to get to a sales conversation with somebody that's still on the getting comfortable with the idea stage, right? So what you can do is create multiple opportunities to interact with them and something like this, co-brand, share the stage together, let them see how they like working with you, right? For me, it's one-to-one because my product is this experience, right? And I sell this as a service. But even if it's not, right? Even if you have a different type of company, you can still, they can still get the feeling of what it's like to work with you. They can still get the feeling of your professionalism multiple times if you are setting them up to succeed and you're making them look good. They start to see you as an ally. And the more that you do it, the more that they see you in that role. And that leads to them believing that they can work with you, right? So that is one of the ways to do it. Client as a guest. Second is client as the audience, right? We've landed multiple guests that have come to the show just because, again, I was doing the noise to signal. They came to the show. They saw me speaking with an expert in my field, holding my own, contextualizing the problems and the methods and what I was talking about to them. And they believed it, right? It is what they needed to just understand that it is real. JWB, right? Our big case study that 
generated $40 million year one with this methodology. When COVID hit in March of 2020, them being able to have their clients in the audience was enormous. They sell turnkey rental income properties, right? All of a sudden, the world shuts down and people don't know if everybody's going to lose their job and they're not going to be able to collect rents and there's eviction moratoriums and all this stuff. The ability to host a press conference and the co-founder of JWB to just show up every single week and say, hey, our rental, our occupancy rates are still this. We believe that property values are going to continue to go up because of this data and just continue to show up week after week. That saved him. A, it was able to calm down the masses, right? What would have been the alternative to doing that? Phone call by phone call? Instead, he just got to address 100 people at a time every single week, right? So having your client as an audience is a way to create LTV, lifetime value of a client, because they get to continue to interact with you. And it's also a way to warm up a prospect by allowing them to see you do what you do and sound really smart and see you from the stage, right? The brain justifies what it sees. So when your brain sees somebody speaking on a stage, it says, oh, well, I'm in the audience and they're on the stage. So they must be an expert in this much more than me, right? So that's one of the foundational principle principles of what we're doing here, right? You're watching me give a keynote. And since you're in the audience, you probably think I'm smarter than I am. It's just how the brain works. So those two things are really valuable, right? Client in the audience is, a, is another way. And again, this is probably something that you have heard before. Third, content as a gift, right? This is kind of like those darts that we were talking about, right? Like if you are trying to, if you're talking to a prospect and they believe that your product is the solution, but there's still a little bit of a bridge that they got to cross. Maybe there's a maybe there's a problem that they need to solve. Maybe they think I can, I'm just going to use myself as an example. Maybe they think I want to launch a live show, but I need some kind of help in order to do that because I'm too busy. If I were to understand that about them and then host somebody who's really good at finding virtual assistants that help people manage their content streams and their calendars in live shows and teach how you would hire someone for yourself because this person is an expert in doing it, or you can hire this person. I can take that piece of content and send it to that prospect. And now that prospect is thinking, oh, well, I thought it'd be way harder than I thought to like train somebody up to be my assistant to then be able to open up myself to do this. And they are just as likely to do business with my guests as they are to implement the strategy. And then boom, we've crossed that bridge and we're ready to go, right? So content as a gift is a major thing that you can do on these shows. Again, you need to be able to repurpose it, right? You need to be able to like send it to them in a specific way so that it's easy to consume and is not too cumbersome for them. But it's absolutely an option of something that you can do when you have one of these platforms. Let me see if I can think of another another example of that. You can have you don't even have to solve something for them, right? Like if you are just apt enough to know that they are a big fan of somebody and you were to you know, create a show with that person, you can send it to them. And then lastly, also, if you bring an expert that sees eye to eye, maybe it's an expert higher up in the field. Like let's say that I was able to get somebody like a Christopher Lockhead, right? Godfather of category design. And I'm trying to do business with somebody that I know is in those same circles and has read play bigger and thinks as highly of it as me. And I'm able to have a conversation with someone like that. And in having that conversation, I'm talking to Chris and 
he says something and I respond with, oh, well, let me use an example. And I will call out an example of exactly somebody that is a prospect of mine. And then he provides a solution for what they should do. And you pony up, you double down on that and say, yeah, that's right. I think that is a good thing. And then my thing would fit into that. And I could see how that would be a thing, right? So like now you get this like social validation from another expert and then you can send it as a gift, right? Again, it's still value add. You're still convincing somebody to do business with you, but you are leveraging relationships and you're leveraging this platform in order to provide extra context, in order to provide extra social validation. And that is something that works to nurture people and get them closer to the finish line. Number four, now we're getting into stuff that I have not seen many people doing. Keynote as a webinar. First time I did this was I was going to speak at CMX and actually it was October last this year. I had a keynote at CMX, keynote at the Badass Business Summit, kind of the same keynote adapted to the audience, but I really wanted to practice it. (laughs) So I hosted my own show and I said, sneak peek at my keynote, come check it out. Now, what ended up happening was A, I got a super valuable rep in, right? Like there's nothing like live audience practice of delivering your presentation ahead of time, getting feedback from them, right? Like getting the nerves out, going through it one more time that isn't just in front of a mirror or by yourself pacing around in this room, which I've done many times. It's a really valuable rep. Two, when I hosted that for the first time, the audience that showed up for that show was a very different audience than normally shows up, right? Like there was some really high level people in my email list that don't normally show up to shows that showed up for that one. And they got to see me as an expert in my field, right? They got to see me on stage while they were in the audience, all while I did this and created this live show persona And so now the impact of what I want to say at CMX and at Badass Business Summit gets to go further than just for the folks that had bought those tickets, right? It lives on my podcast and it lived live in front of folks that showed up, right? So that's another lightning strike strategy. Number five, this is something that we developed in 2021, the webinar panel, right? So we had a client that was building a platform that wanted to be the, we had a client that wanted to be the Shopify for online cohort education, right? Startup, pre-seed funding, and we built a show for them on in partnership with them. And they were getting to the point where they were worried about their burn rate and needed to really fill the pipeline. They needed to go into transactional mode, right? It was time to, it was time to make some sales, And they were just bashing their heads around what they could do that could fill their pipeline really quickly as they went into a a round of funding. We identified that they had three main verticals that were very fruitful to them in the online cohort class space. One, chess. Two, music. And three, languages. So what did we do? We reached out to the 12 best-known teachers in this field, in each field, and said, we're going to have a special event about what it takes to become the number one person in your field. And since you're the number one person in your field, we would love to have you be part of this panel. And then we chose from the four biggest ones that responded and had them each on. So we had three separate webinars, one per vertical of what does it take to be number one in your field of this 
and we emailed it out to a list full of those people, right? So now what happened? Out of the 10 people that we reached out to, about eight responded. We hosted four. The other four, we invited to the show to be a part of it. All eight of them in each different vertical took demos with them, and they landed a whole bunch of other demos from the people that showed up to the show, right? What is the difference between that and a webinar? The difference between that and a webinar is that, A, it's a show. So you're not showing up salesy. You're showing up to as somebody that is promoting thought leadership in a special place, and you are you're just compiling a whole bunch of people right into your pipeline. But because you have this show that you've been doing, it doesn't look as that play, right? And it is a genuine value add, but it's also a genuine sales development mechanism, But as long as it comes out sincere, people pay attention, people show up. So we did it. They got them all in the pipeline. And guess what? We also were able to create content magnet stuff out of that too, right? Because now we had the top four pieces of advice of the best chess online educators, the best music educators, the best language educators, right? So that was a really good lightning strike that we uncovered that we can do once we know how to use this methodology to fill your pipeline. And we've done it a couple of times since. Oof, that was a golden nugget right there. I'm going to have my team clip that and paste that across all my social media channels. So if you could just give this a pause right now, go into the show notes and connect with me on whatever platform you like to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever you want to be a part of my life in connect with me there. I'm going to share that clip and you can share it with your friends so that they get the same lesson. It'll be adding value to their life. And while you're at it, go ahead and subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Hit five-star review, right? You don't have to leave a review. You just got to hit five stars. If you want to leave a review, cool. And maybe send the episode to your friend. That would be awesome. That's it. I'm done. Back to the show. All right. Six, conference as a conference lead capture. So, I don't know if you have been to these. I've been doing a lot of these recently because I've been going to a lot of conferences, but I think the first time I thought of it was at PodFest where when I go to a conference because I have a live show, I set my my live show that happens the week after the conference to be the top five best pieces of advice from the smartest people I met at this conference. And I have the infrastructure set up for it, right? Now, when I go to the conference, Everybody that I meet that I want to keep up with, I say, hey, I would love to get your information because I'm hosting this thing next week. And I feel like if you have like a good nugget takeaway, I'd love to have you on the show. And if you come on the show, I'm going to post-produce this thing as you were an expert at one of these conferences and you're going to get one of these like content darts gifts for you, thought leadership piece about you having been at this conference. And what ends up happening is that I'll get Somewhere between like eight to 15 people that I've connected with out of the, I don't know, 25, 50 people that I connect with that show up to the show and want to give their, and want to give their number one lesson learned. And now guess what? They're in the mailing. They're in my mailing list. I have nurtured the relationship further and added more value to the key relationships that I met at the conference. And Everybody loves it. It's like the reunion after the conference, right? If you go to a lot of conferences, like it's got this like summer camp kind of feeling. And to get to tap back into that when you're done with it and just get that juice one more time of like, man, how great it was to all be in person, all these great people that we met, all these cool things that we learned, and just 
deliver that experience. I look at the attendee list who's here right now, and I believe that the majority of you have been a part of this, right? And it's an awesome feeling. And it's a great way to go from, oh, I met you at a conference and I'm going to follow you online to I immediately have something to invite you to. In my conference, in my networking speaking points, I talk about this idea of being inviting. It's one of the big things that I gained from being part of nonprofits. And it's this idea that if people and you you meet people and, and you want to get to know them better, it's really hard to like ask someone to meet you for coffee. It's just a big ask or breakfast or lunch or dinner or whatever you're going to do. If you have these things to invite people to, like a charity fundraising event or like a networking event that you can go to, it's a low friction ask of getting a bunch of people together that allows you to nurture that relationship one more time and stay in your ecosystem. When you do it with a live internet talk show, you're also building your email list from it. Seven, this is my favorite product that I have ever come up with, the Trade Show Podcast. We have now, there's nobody that we do this for that doesn't say, that was the best thing I've ever done at a trade show. We're going to do this from now on. In fact, I just recently had to go fundraise for my company and my fundraising mechanism was pre-selling these trade show podcasts for next year. Everybody that I offered to said, yes, here's how it works. If you have ever had a trade show booth, it feels like a fishbowl, right? You're standing behind this table. You got a couple trinkets in front of it and people are walking by like, hmm, is that a squishy toy that I want to keep? Is that something, is that, are they giving out something good? Is there like a raffle I can get into trying to avoid eye contact with you and just passing on through, right? It's a really, really awkward experience. What this thing does when you set up a couple of lights, a big camera and some microphones and a table and a backdrop, and you have people talking in front of microphones. Now, everybody walking past your trade booth is like, who's on TV? Right. They're walking by. They're like, what's happening over here? Who's famous? What do I need? What am I missing? What can I get in on? Right. So it's a big time showstopper, right? Everybody walking by is like, what's going on over here? Second, when you're at a trade show, you want to get into these intimate conversations, right? If you meet a high value contact, you want to figure out a way to get like a 10 to 12 minute meeting with them undistracted, but everybody's kind of looking around to see what's next. If you design an interview structure, that's like a 10 to 12 minute interview structure, essentially around what problem did you come to solve at this trade show? When did you realize that this thing was a problem? What have you learned here that is in, that is important about it? How does it fit into whatever I care about? And where do you think the future of this trade show or this industry is going? That makes for like a really modular, like eight to 12 minute conversation that when one of your salespeople or someone from your team is out there walking the trade show floor, the trade show floor and finds an ideal client and gets in a conversation like, you know what? That you just brought up is really smart. You should come and be at our thought leaders of HIMS 2022 podcast that we are doing a mini series on at our trade show. You want to come talk to the CEO and be on a podcast? Guess what? They're in, right? You now walk him in, whoever your salesperson is, they sit down with whatever key executive or CEO, CMO, whoever your subject matter expert is in the company and have a intimate 10 to 15 minute conversation. While they're having that conversation, you have somebody take a picture of them being interviewed. So when they finish that conversation, you show it to them and all of a sudden they look like they were a VIP speaker at this conference when they didn't think that they would be. They're going to love the picture. You're going to say, how can I send this to you? Give me your number. Boom. You just captured their cell phone number and you have their information there. Perfect moment to get the rest of their information, scan their badge, whatever you're going to do. Now, when you follow up with them a week or two later, 
You're just not following up like, hey, I just scanned your badge like everybody else. Here's my brochure. You're following up saying, hey, we're about to release this little mini series on our show. Let's hop on a call so I can understand what the description is going to be. And oh, by the way, here's what we do. Are you guys interested? Right? Man, when you create a way to attract better attention at the trade show, you give them this experience. You give them a little bit of content as a gift, right? When you give them that picture of them being interviewed at the trade show, chances are they're going to put it on LinkedIn. And if your backdrop has your brand on it, you're winning the trade show, not just in person, but online. And then you have a differentiated follow-up mechanism. Buddy, you just won that trade show. And if you have a show that already has some kind of like establishment, they don't question it. They're like, yes, I want to be on the show. I'm in. They do it. You get the highest quality relationships and you win both in person and online. Another thing that we do, probably not something that you're going to do, but part of our service is because we designed this modular interview, we have our team in the Philippines that's ready to go so that on day one, whatever we upload, we know how to turn that 12-minute interview into like a one, one and a half minute, two minute sizzle reel because we know what the things are that the person hits and we have pre-populated kind of like lower thirds. So now the salespeople are showing up the next day and saying, oh man, that was great meeting you. By the way, we made you this little video of you getting interviewed on our show. That one always goes on LinkedIn, always wins the trade show. It's just a phenomenal way to do this, right? So if you have a show and you're doing this and you built up the capacity to repurpose, man, this is the biggest no-brainer in the history of mankind. Trade show as a podcast, my favorite. Number eight, this was the punchline for my keynotes that I did this year at CMX and that Badass Business Summit. And it's this idea that one of the big lessons that we learned from the JWB case study that at the end of the year netted $40 million in revenue was that those 40 million bucks, that the, the majority of that revenue came from, we were having like, by the end of the year, we'd have like 40 to 60 people show up per show, two shows a week. So it was about 100 people. But it was a group of about 30 that showed up to every single show that we could trace the majority of this kind of like revenue and transactions coming from. And those were the folks that really bought in and highly increased their LTV with JWB. They were the folks like Lee, who would take time out of their day to be on the show. Somebody shows up and they don't really understand a concept. So because we have a community, they hop on the phone with them and kind of explain through them. And they're not talking to a salesperson from a company. They're just talking to an educated consumer that does business with a company, what we call a super consumer, or just the fact that when someone's about to do business with you and you have a live show and they show up and they're just kind of checking the box to see if you're real. And they realize that you're talking and there is right now I've got 10 folks that are interacting in the chat and validating the things that I do and clearly know each other and have all become friends, they immediately get convinced that you're real, right? They immediately trust you way more than they would have. So the question became, how do we shortcut to having 10 to 15 to 20 to 30 people show up to every show? And our answer was create a cohort class, right? Create a class that takes a group of people that are interested in what you're doing through a learning experience over a condensed period of time where they are all on the same objective, they get unified, and they show up to your shows because the show becomes part of the instruction, right? And then they get habitualized into showing up. And now you have kind of like the the founding blocks of the community of the people that show up. Those are the people that it's you. You're here most likely because you've gone through this process, except for a couple of outliers, because you got used to coming to this thing, 
right? And that is what creates the social validation to prove that the community is real, to make the show real enough for a prospect that's semi-interested to become very interested. There's a really interesting line from the author of the book right over here in yellow, Super Consumers. And it's, there is no higher converting mechanism in marketing than two of your super consumers having a conversation about you in front of somebody that's deciding whether or not they trust you, right? And if you can create those scenarios, you're going to win. So this idea of you have a live show, how do you kick it off with a a shared experience, a shared class, a challenge, a cohort class, that is a giant, giant opportunity to kickstart that and liquidate the investment of getting your content stream going. By selling access to the class, now you get to generate revenue from the thing that you're creating to get more clients, right? We call that a flywheel, right? That's the same as Amazon being able to like get paid for their logistics. It's something that they need in their business, but you're paying for it because they've gotten so good at getting you in to pay for that thing. So FBA sellers pay for that so that they can do it better and we all win as consumers. Another beauty of the core class, right? For us, it was natural. We have a methodology that we can teach because it's proprietary to us. Another way we've executed this cohort class is look into your clientele base. See who are the 12 most successful people in your clientele and figure out what about them is special. What is each one of them doing extra well? And if you can co-create a class with your 12 most successful clients about the thing that they do that they're experts in, and you're now validating their content, putting them on a platform as an expert, those 12 people go through the process of creating this thing together and then allowing them to teach it and put that on their resume, man, you've just added major value to them. You've created a whole bunch of content for yourself and you've created like this group of Avengers that were always going to evangelize your company. All right. So this cohort class mechanism, I am certain that is going to be pervasive inside B2B and inside industry in the next year or two, because it's such low hanging fruit for liquidating your client acquisition costs, creating content and creating that like congealing that group of super consumers, right? Like whether it is your client advisory board or your 12 most successful people or whatever it takes. I learned that in 2018 when I was working for an e-commerce brand platform. We basically took everybody to Panama. We performed the SWOT analysis, gave everybody a way to present their business in a standardized way. And we realized what each person was really good at, turned around, took those learnings, implemented it in our business, and made a course called the Business of E-Commerce. And we sold that thing for 5,000 bucks a pop. It totally saved the company that I was working with. And it led to future events, right? Because if you can host this cohort class with your clients and it's successful, the next thing is you have speakers for an event and people that have learned from them that are going to want to go to the event, right? So the cohort class is a really, really attractive proposition. If you haven't looked into it, happy to talk you through how we've done it or how we're going to be helping other people do that. Not a product for us yet, but it's coming. And then finally, it's the VIP event. So if you're going to go to a trade show or a conference, you can spend all this money on a trade show booth, right? Like if you're going to do that already, the podcast is the move. If you haven't bought a trade show booth, here's what I suggest. And this is what we did November, 2021 with a telecommunications company who last minute decided to go to this trade show, didn't have a booth, was about to blow the money on a booth last minute. And I said, wait a minute, this was in Vegas. What we did was 
we rented the penthouse suite of the Cosmopolitan Hotel. And instead of paying 25,000 bucks for booth space and 80,000 bucks for a booth, we spent about 10 grand and got a really awesome place to stay, like hangover style, you know, like two bedroom suite overlooking the strip with a balcony. It was really, really cool so that we could stay in it and host events in it. And what I did is I called up my friend, Amanda Holmes, when you was on the tour of promoting the ultimate sales machine. I said, Amanda, if I can fly you to Vegas, can you, can we create a VIP event for this industry where you're going to be the speaker? And what we're going to do is we're going to invest, we're going to invite the 20 most influential people of their clientele that are going to come up here, up, up to, up to listen to you speak. And we're going to bring a camera crew and I'm going to tweak your content a little bit. We're going to open up space in your in your programming, in the keynote that you're going to give, which I believe was the like the 10 time-saving secrets of billionaires. And when we go around the and we're going to stop it for a second and we're going to go around the room and everybody's going to give their best time-saving secret, their best efficiency advice. And we recorded all of it, right? We recorded her speaking and we recorded everybody talking. And at the end of that, because we know how to repurpose content, we post-produced it to show each person giving their piece of advice next to Amanda giving one piece of advice. So it made it look like, A, they were part of this VIP event. We made a flyer that was like the, uh, you know, ultimate sales machine VIP event at the Cosmopolitan, you know, like penthouse, blah, blah, blah. People come up, they get to this intimate conversation, right? Like they, they, they have this like wonderful evening experience. And then their gift for content is them looking like they were part of the programming for this awesome VIP event. That thing completely crushed as well. And for less than the cost of a trade show booth and trade show space and all these things, I got to stay at the penthouse suite in the Chelsea penthouse in the Cosmopolitan Hotel in Las Vegas. And none of that is doable. I mean, you can, you can do that type of stuff, it becomes a lot easier once you have flexed this muscle. Once you have created this platform where you're having interviews with people, this allows you to feed the experts, right? Like the experts that you're going to need to pull off stuff like the cohort class or the VIP event or the you know social validation of the trade show podcast booth, even the conference lead capture. You know, if you just have some kind of platform where you're interviewing people and it becomes a, a special series of that, that's all the validation you need to make that happen. You also feed the connections straight through into these types of methodologies, right? You are enlisting the people that you've been interviewing, the people that have been listening, and the people that have been coming to the live shows, and you're able to host these like lightning strike moments where you get to interact with the people you most want to do business with, again, talking about something that is interesting to them with somebody that they want to meet making content from it and distributing it in a way to spread word of mouth, add extra value, generate client insights, and you know nurture relationships, which at the end of the day, if you ask me, the atomic unit of business is the relationship. If we are focused on what creates great relationships, which is adding value to people, being authentic, and always looking for ways to align with them instead of like convince them with something, how you align with people, then every one of your strategies in business is going to do better. So those are my nine pieces of advice. All right, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed that conversation and you got a bunch of value out of it. And if you did, it would mean the world to me if you reached out to our guest and let them know what you learned, what you thought about it, 
everything that you need to connect with them is going to be in the show notes. And on top of that, why don't you double up and reach out to me? I'd love to hear from you. It really is why I do this is so that I can meet awesome people. I would love to hear from anybody that you think should be on this podcast, including yourself, about how you build world-class relationships, how you create community, how you lead companies in this relationships over transactions methodology. And if you believe in that stuff, that is what we're doing at my company, Be The Stage. You can check it out at bethestage.live. But the Cliff Notes version is, we've learned that most companies know that they need to be making content and they know that they really want to drive a community. But where do you start with that stuff? The best way to start doing that is to create an internet talk show because it allows you to create a strategic relationship with a guest one-to-one while you create strategic relationships with the audience one-to-few. And then when we repurpose the show for you and spread it out all over social media, you're creating relationships one-to-many. It is the ultimate relationship-driven growth engine to feed your entire pipeline marketing team and customer success. What companies call their go-to-market strategy can now be driven by community. If you're interested in that, go to bethestage.live, check it out, reach out to me. I would love to create an internet talk show just for you. Now, if you'll indulge me, I'm going to take a play out of the book of one of my heroes, Christopher Lockhead, the godfather of category design, co-author of my favorite business book, Play Bigger, and my favorite newsletter, Category Pirates, which I'm going to link in the show notes because I think you should subscribe. It's the smartest thing basically in the world. Anyways, at the end of his podcast, which is Follow Your Different, he always shouts out and gives a roll call to people that he thanks, and I want to do that too. I want to thank my team at Be The Stage. I want to thank JP, who is the editor of this content, the guy that makes all the cool micro content and makes everything look cool. Joanna, who distributes a lot of the stuff. She writes a lot of the descriptions. Nicola, who is uh, my buddy that I've been mentoring for a couple of years out of Bulgaria, a really bright 15-year-old kid that writes a lot of the captions on social media. Marge, who is always keeping track of everything. She is the executive assistant of the dreams that all come true. Gina, who is a world-class integrator. She is our COO. She is the one that is just making all the processes happen. Whenever I say something, she designs a way to make it happen. It's incredible. My business partner, Isar, who without him, none of this stuff could be possible. That guy is the best. He's got an awesome podcast. It's called the Business Growth Accelerator. You should totally check that out. I want to thank my parents. They're my inspiration. They're the best. My family. I love them to pieces. My wife, Marta, who is my muse and my inspiration for everything. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, go do it now. But before you do that, if you haven't checked out either episode seven or episode 69, those are my 2019 and 2020 last call tracks where I give this like rapping, talking, motivational speech over like a really cool beat. It's actually the beat that I have on this podcast right now that I had custom produced by my guy, Michael, out of Russia, who's a sick beat producer. Check that stuff out. That is the origin story of my business, the origin story of what I'm up to, and it's really what I am most proud of. Episode 7, episode 69 of this podcast. Hope to see you on the next one. Hit me up on social media. I love you. Don't forget, relationships over transactions, that is the way that you win. It's a long game. Human beings are happiest when they're in service. 
So serve others and you will be able to open any door that you ever wanted. Never forget that. If you don't know how to serve others, everybody needs an extra cheerleader, cheer for people, be invested in their future, see what you can do for them. It all comes back in the long run. I really hope you reach out to me. I want to meet you. I want to talk to you. I want to help you achieve your dreams. Have an awesome, awesome, awesome rest of your day.